Woo! Let's give God a hand up this morning. You may be seated this morning. Welcome to Real Life Christian Center. I am Pastor Rick, and today we're just so glad for you uh, that you are here today. You are here. And how many have come with an expectancy? How many just come and say, you know what? I came to church and, I, and I'm trusting God to do something in my life. Or I'm trusting God to give me an answer. Amen. So, you know, because sometimes, you know, when you come to the house of God, we should come with an expectancy. We should, first of all, we should come with a desire to worship, number one. And then secondly, we should come with an expectancy. In other words, hoping that God would speak to us through the word, through a song. And I believe he does every Sunday, but we need to be attentive to God's voice. Can you name him? That's what we got to do. So today, I want you just to, you know, to say, God, speak to me, Lord, whatever there is. Talk to me and, uh, and help me to understand your word and just be in my life. So once again, uh, at this moment, if there's any kids that need to go to a class, we have a class in the back in junior high. Today you're going to stay in, in high school. Uh, our teachers are out today. Amen. So today we're going to start a new series entitled, How to, they, How to Stay Faithful in These Times. How to Stay Faithful in These Times. And you may wonder and say, Pastor, why is that important? It's important because people that stay faithful are people that are going to continue to serve God through the good and the bad. Amen. People that stay faithful are people that that will continue to support their local church. They're going to keep on coming. High water, whatever happens, they're going to continue to come to the house of God. And the thing is that one of the things that as a pastor, not just me, but many pastors, one of the things that we noticed when this pandemic happened, that a lot of people that were faithful became unfaithful, unfaithful. Now, we know that in a relationship, watch this, in a relationship, for a relationship to work, there has to be, what, faithfulness on both sides. Amen? Amen? You can say amen, guys. Come on. I need you, I need you guys to come on. Get in here. We're here, right? You need, to, you, you need, there needs to be faithfulness. Without faithfulness, you cannot maintain a relationship. Yes? All right. Come on. Come on. You can't. There has to be faithfulness. And the thing is that God expects you and I to be faithful. And the, you may ask, well, why does God expect you and I to be faithful? Because God is faithful. One of his characteristics is that God is faithful. So if he is faithful, he wants you and me to be faithful. But here's the problem that during these times, there's so many things going on in the world that many people are abandoning their faith. Many people are just putting their faith on autopilot. Many people are becoming more agnostic. And instead of following Jesus, they're just like, well, I believe there's a big old being, but I don't know what's going on. And the, problem, and the reason is because they are putting their eyes on what's happening in this world. But here's the thing that you and I need to maintain ourselves and be faithful can we do that go to the next slide this is so so when i talk about faithfulness this is what i'm talking about can we go to the next slide please and this is what it is in other words to be faithful is to endure till the end can we read it together to be faithful is to endure till the end amen we got that in other words that means that that whatever happens between the, between the beginning and the end, whatever happens between Alpha and Omega, in the middle, we are going to stay faithful until we reach our ending. Okay? That's what it means. So Jesus, in one occasion, he sends out the disciples and, and to preach. And as, as he sends them out, he, you know, he, he mentions that he's sending them out and they're going to be like sheep among wolves. And he tells them how you know, it's going to be dangerous. And he begins to share a little bit about the end times. So I want to pick up there. So let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 
uh, 10, verse 21. And if you can read with me. And so Jesus is, is giving, is talking here to the disciples. And he says this. Now he goes, he says, brother will deliver up brother to death. Father, his child. Children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And then look at verse 22. This is what Jesus says. This is for you and me. He says, and you will be hated. Did you get that? He never said that the world's going to love you. He never said that people are going to be like, oh, whoopee, whoopee, you're a Christian. No, no. You are going to be hated. That's what Jesus says. And then he says this, by all, for what? For his name's sake. For his name's sake. He goes, but then, but then look what he says. But he who what? Endures, he says. He who endures till the end will be what? Saved. So I don't know about you, but what I'm reading here is that Jesus is giving us a heads up. Jesus is, is already telling us things are going to get bad. Things are going to get worse. And here's the thing that you are going to be hated because of my name. And we already see it in our country. We already know that there's, they are, there's a young generation that looks, at, that looks not just religion, but they look at Christianity as like, oh, my God, these are the judgmental people. These are the ones that they're always condemning. They, they already have a set mind, even though they've never been in a service, even though they've never opened up the Bible, even though they've never tried to know who Jesus is, they already have crossed out Jesus from their lives. And we shouldn't be surprised. You shouldn't be surprised that your compadres don't call you over anymore for barbecues. Why? Because you're a Christian now. You shouldn't be surprised if families don't invite you to certain parties because now they know, oh, no, no, don't leave, leave him out because, you know what, he's a Jesus person now. Yeah, he's a hermanito. Leave him out. You should not be surprised. Come on. Amen. You shouldn't be surprised. You shouldn't be surprised people make fun of us or make fun of you. You shouldn't be surprised that people don't understand you. You shouldn't be surprised that people don't want to hang out with you. Why? Because Jesus says you are going to be hated because of my namesake, Jesus. Because we believe that we are saved by what? Jesus, right? So he says, he goes, that's going to happen. But then he gives us a little clause and he says, but guess what? But if you endure till the end, you're going to be saved. That means that the beginning and the end. See, many, many, many people think that it's, that it's how you start that determines how you end. No, it's what happens in the middle that determines. In other words, yes, you're saved. God has saved you. But there's a reason why the Apostle Paul said, work out your salvation. That means that, yes, you've been delivered. You've been forgiven. Jesus is with you. But now you have to live this life. Now you have to endure whatever comes to your life. And here's the thing that I want you to endure no matter what happens. But here's the thing that if you endure till the end in i'm going to save you you will be saved that means that right now during this process if you've stumbled if you've fallen if you've if you've given up on god but now you're like i want to come back to god that's why right now is the time for you to do it right now was the time for you to return home right now was the time for you to come back and say father i've sinned against you and and in heaven and now was the time to seek jesus because it doesn't matter what happens here right now. It's the end. It's the end. Those that make it till the end, the Bible says, will be saved. Do you have what it takes to make it to the end? I know sometimes you wonder, why do we have to go to church every Sunday? Why do we, why do we have to do this? Because we're in a journey. Here's the thing. If we don't feed our faith, What's going to happen? We're going to, we're going to be distracted. If we don't feed our faith, our faith will dwindle and we're going to forget about God. That's why we need to have, it's like this. We, if you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we have to, we have to invest in it. 
We have to be faithful to that. Amen? Because here's the thing. All of us want God to be faithful. All of us, some of us even demand, God, you better be faithful because I went to church Sunday. We even demand. But yet when it comes to you, you're like, oh, I can't do it today. Oh, I can't go to church today. Oh, I can't do my book. Oh, I, I can't do this today. And here's the thing that your faithfulness is what God is looking for. He's looking for that. If you have what it takes to endure until the end. Now watch this. Faithfulness also, we need to be faithful. Why? Because through faithfulness, you and I receive promises from God. Did you know that? We receive promises from God. Let me show you. Let's read the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 13. And, and, and talking about Abraham, look what it says here. It says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no other greater, he swore by himself. 14. Now watch this. Saying, Surely blessing, I will bless you. Okay, talking to Abraham. And multiply you, I will multiply you. Watch this. 15. So after he had patiently endured. Did you see that? Patiently endured. In other words, he was faithful. He patiently endured. He obtained what? The promise. Now, if you're wondering, well, what is the promise that Abraham received? First of all, if you, if you want to read his story, it's in the book of Genesis. But let me give you a quick review who he is. This is a man that at the age of 75, God called him out and said, he said, Abraham, I want to leave your family. I want you to leave your country because I have something better for you. I'm going to make a nation out of you. 75 years old. This is a man that when God told him to leave his people, he left it and, and just went out there to the desert where God was leading him. This is a man that God says, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless you. In other words, he meant from you, I'm going to make a descendant. I'm going to make a nation. But here's a problem that Abraham was 75 and his wife was old and they didn't have children yet. But here's the thing. Abraham stayed faithful. Throughout, that, throughout the journey, throughout the journey, he would, you know, God would send a messenger, talk to him and say, I'm going to make a nation out of you. Your descendants are going to be numerous like the sand and the stars. I'm going to make a nation out of you. But here's the thing that he was old. His wife was old. Could you imagine his wife, 75 years old? Ugh, right? And in their old age, in their old age, what happens? God is finally faithful and they have a child. They have a child. But here's the thing. How did he receive this promise? He endured. In other words, even when things didn't make sense, because think about it. Think about it. How, how can God come and tell old people? You're talking to a 100-year-old man, a 75-year-old woman, and say, I'm going to make a family out of you. Like, dude, we're old. We're old. But he believed it and endured. And because he endured what happened, he was faithful, he received the promise. See, there are promises for you and me, and the Word of God is full of promises for you and me. But the way we're going to obtain these promises is if it's if we learn to stay faithful. We have to endure people. And the thing is that this, I know what, whatever's going on outside has, has discouraged so many believers. It's discouraged so many people that people are saying, why do I need God? Look what's happening. Why do I need God if this is going on in Afghanistan? Why do I need God? Can I tell you something? Whatever's going on, it is not God's fault. There is an enemy called Satan, and he's the one that is operating in this world right now. And we need to understand that. But even through all of this chaos, God is still expecting for you and me to stay faithful. And what is faithfulness? Enduring till what? Till the end. 
So, we, we, so if we endure, if we're faithful, we're saved. If we're faithful, we receive promises. Number three, if we're faithful, guess what else? We receive an inheritance. How many, how many like that word inheritance? Imagine, imagine a family member says, hey, guess what? They passed away, there's an inheritance for you. And here's the thing, that when you and I are faithful, there is an inheritance waiting for you and me. Let me show you. Follow me. Let's go to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Chapter 3. 23, and it says this. And whatever, first of all, it says, whatever you do, praise team, whatever you do, <laughs> whatever you do, do it heartily, heartily as the Lord and not to men. So those that serve at real life, whatever we do, we do it for who? Come on, people, you're awake. Whatever we do, we do it for who? God. We do it for God. We don't do it for man. You don't do it for Pastor Rick. We do it for God. Now watch this. But now look 24. Then he says this. Knowing what? Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive a, what? A reward of the inheritance. For you serve who? The Lord Christ. In other words, whatever you are experiencing between the beginning and the end, whatever you're experiencing between the Alpha and Omega, here's the thing that if you endure, if you are faithful in the middle, if you are faithful through the good, through the bad, through the ugly, if you are faithful through the COVID, through war, through economy, whatever, if you are faithful, the Bible says that from the Lord, you are going to receive an inheritance. And what is, an what is this inheritance? The inheritance is eternity with God. It means an eternal life with God forever and ever. That means you don't have to be afraid of what, if, if something happens to you here. Because the moment you take your last breath here, you're going to take your next breath up in heaven with God. That's our hope, people. That's an inheritance. In other words, I know sometimes people, well, why do we need Jesus? We don't need religion. Can I tell you something? I am not peddling religion. I am not offering you religion. I am offering you eternity with Jesus. I am not offering you another religion. No, I am offering you a relationship with the God Almighty. His name is Jesus Christ. That's what, I'm, that's what, that's what we're here for. And here's the thing, people, even though culture changes, even though culture changes and opinions change, and even if ideas change, here's the thing, if you and I remain faithful till the end, the Bible says there's an inheritance waiting for you and me. That's why when people say, well, everyone's doing it, we're not everyone. Remember? Well, pastor, everyone's doing it. We're not everyone. Well, science says this, and, and, and this psychiatrist came out and said that this is normal. They can say whatever they want, but we stand on the Word of God, and the Word of God teaches us to be faithful. And if we remain faithful, guess what? We have an inheritance. That's why the Bible says those that make it to what? The end. The end. And, and I would love for the church to understand this because when you understand that, that there's going to be stuff that happens in the church in the middle, you, then what's going to happen? This is how we should treat each other. Then we should encourage one another to keep on moving forward. That's why when, if someone comes to real life and has been re, in real life for a while and then they stumble, they fall, our job isn't to kick them out and say, get out of here. It's over for you. How can it be over for you if the Bible says that those that make it till the end are going to be saved? It's the ending. Let's help them get to the finish line. Let's help them get to the ending, people. That's our job. We're called to build people up. We're called to encourage each one another. And, I, and, and this is what I want the church to be. 
A place, that's, a place that understands that, that, that life happens, things happen, sickness happens, chaos happens. But regardless of what happens, we will continue to trust in God. And our goal continues to be to make it to the end. Do you have the faith to make it to the end? Do you have what it takes to make it to the end, church, this morning? Young people, do you have what it takes to make it to the end? Even though culture is changing like crazy. Culture seems like, a, like one of those uh, uh, chameleons. It changes color every day. is a different thing, a different fad, a different opinion. But here's the thing. Do you have what it takes to stay faithful? Do you have what it takes to still believe what the Word of God says? Because we're called to do that. We notice a lot of opinions. But how many know that we don't follow opinions? We follow the truth. Everybody has an opinion. But opinions don't get you to heaven. It's the truth. Opinions don't reveal God to you. It's the truth. And the truth we believe is found in the word of God. Thank you for those who say amen. Come on. Now watch this. Some people... You know, the question that keeps on resonating is, but Pastor, is it worth it? Is it worth, is it worth being good? Anybody ever say that? Is it worth being polite? Is it worth being, having a, a giving heart, even though people are evil and people are changing and people are getting more, people are more mean and everything. Is it worth, is it worth it? The answer is yes, yes, yes. You don't think those questions arise in my life past? Sometimes I'm like, is it worth even keeping the church open if people aren't coming? Remember last year? Once we opened up, there was nobody. Just the people that were ministering. You think those moments didn't come in my life where I'm like, is it even worth opening the church? Nobody wants to come anymore. They're afraid. But then I remember, God didn't, Jesus called me to be faithful. See, when God calls you, he expects you to be faithful. Faithful means that no matter what goes around you, you're like, I still believe. Faithfulness means that no matter, like, again, like I said, whatever happens in your life, you, you still remain the same. Let me show you. Here's a good example. Let's go to, verse, let's, let's go to James chapter 1, verse 12. I want to highlight these verses. And look what the book of James says. It says, blessed. Blessed, the word blessed means happy are they. Blessed, it says, blessed is the one, here it goes again, who endures trials. Who endures trials. Because, watch this, he has stood the test, he's going to receive a what? Crown of what? That has, that God has promised to do, to who? He promised it not to those that abandoned him. He's promised the crown of life not to those that ran away, not to those that are questioning, not to, not to those that, that all of a sudden became agnostic or atheist. I don't believe in God. No, he's promised a crown of life to who? Those that endure till the end. See, this is not a waste. Young, young, young people, if you were brought here because your dad or your mom said, we have to go to church. Listen to me. It's not a waste if you endure, if you know who Jesus is, if you have a relationship with Jesus. It's not a waste. Why? Because if you follow Jesus, if you love God, guess what? There is a crown of life that is waiting for you. That means that even though here you may take your last breath, but you will continue to live with Jesus. That means that you don't have to be afraid of death. Why? Because there's a crown of life waiting for you and me, but we have to endure. We have to love God and keep on in this journey. We have to keep on. 
Well, Pastor, look at what's going on. I know what's going on, but we got to keep on. There is a crown of life. Here's the thing. Do, do, do you want this crown of life? Only wife wants it. Thank you. You're going to get it. Maybe a double crown. You can get everybody else's crown. So nobody else. Life. That's a reward. See, this right here is not a waste of time. This is not a waste of time. You reading the Bible isn't a waste of time. You praying isn't a waste of time. But pastor, look at what's happening here. It's not a waste because the Bible says those that endure. That's how many times you've heard me say this, that, that, that God doesn't expect you to know everything around the world. God doesn't expect you to know the whys and whens and all that. No, but one thing he does expect is for you to remain what? Faithful. Why? He's faithful. So my question to you this morning, are you faithful? Are you staying what? Faithful this morning. Are you still doing things as if unto the Lord? Like the other scripture says, do everything as unto the Lord. Are you faithful? Are you still doing what, what God called you to do but with a joyful heart? Or are you bitter already? Or are you upset? Or are you mad? Because whatever God has called you to do, he wants us to be faithful. When, where there's, where, where, wow. Where there's faithfulness. Where's going here? Where there's faithfulness, there's a relationship. Where there's faithfulness, there's, relation, there's a relationship. Look at this, let's read this verse again. Happy are they, blessed are they who what? Who endures trials. That means that, that when you and I are being tested in the fire, when you and I are going through trials, your job isn't to run. Your job is to what? Remain. Did you get that? And many people, when the, when, the, when, the, when, the oven get, when the oven gets hot, when the kitchen gets hot, what do they do? They run out of the kitchen. People have ran out. It got too hot. Oh, forget it. I don't need this God stuff. No, I'm still at. No, people hate my guts, so I don't, I don't want to be a Christian. In other words, they run away. They give up on it. And these people, and, and people that do that need to understand that they will not receive a crown of life. Because the crown of life is given to those that what? Endure till the end. In other words, if you're a believer that, that has become lukewarm, what does that mean, lukewarm, Pastor? It means, it means that you're like, eh, you're a muscle menos Christian. Some days you're a Christian, some days you're not. If you're one of those, you need to get your act together. You need to get your act together because the Bible talks about people like that. And, and Jesus said, in one occasion in the book of Revelation, Jesus said, since you were not hot or cold, I'm going to throw you up out of my mouth. God expects you to, me, me and you to be faithful. He expects you and I to be devoted. In other words, we don't come to church for tradition sakes. What, son? You gotta go to, no, no, no. You come because you want, you're investing in your relationship with Jesus. You understand that? You come because you're, you're investing. You believe this. In other words, you endure. You endure the trial. You endure whatever you're going through because you know in your heart of hearts that no matter what happens here, there's going to be a crown waiting for you when you get to heaven. That's why... Sometimes people don't understand, how can you serve a God when this is going on? How can you serve a God when, when your dad passed away? How can you serve a God when things go wrong? Because we serve God not because of what he gives us, but because of what we believe he is. And I believe what this says, that if I endure till the end, I am going to receive a crown of life. 
What a shame it would be for me to be a Christian all my life and then eventually after, after 20 years, 15 years, throw it all away because, ah, oh, forget this. I don't think God exists because of this and that. No. We're called to endure. Look at your neighbor and tell him, don't give up. Come on. Say like you mean it. Don't give up. So here's the thing. We get the crown of life when we went, when we, when we have stood through the test. Every trial that you go through, I want you to start seeing it as a test. Remember this. God doesn't, God doesn't allow trials to, because he hates you. And even James says, that he goes, do not let anyone say that they are tempted by God because God does tempt nobody with evil. In other words, every trial that you are going through right now, it's a test of your faith. Because a, a faith that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. A faith that hasn't been tested can't be what? Trusted. You know whose faith I trust? Those that have endured. Those that have lost everything and come back. Why do, you, why do you think the book of Job inspires us so much? Because Job was a man who was tested beyond anything that I believe you and I could have, could have withstood. And yet at the end of the day, he said, my Redeemer lives and I will not curse God. And he was faithful till the end. And then we saw how God blessed him. I know you're being tested. I know some of you here are going through stuff. But it's not because God hates you. We have to understand we live in a broken world. There's going to be stuff happening in life. Jesus told us in this life you're going to have many trials, but if you're not, there's going to be stuff happening. But Jesus still expects you and me to what? Endure till the end. That's faith. That means like, why don't, that's why when people come and say, why don't you, why don't you give up on God? Look what happened. You went through a divorce. Why, do you, why don't you give up on God? Because I didn't, I didn't find God because of my, of my marriage. I found him because I believe he exists. I will, I will endure till the end. So maybe some of you are thinking, Pastor, if, here's a question. If Jesus was here, what would he tell us today? What would Jesus tell you and I right now if he was here? If he was here, what would you ask him? Jesus, why is this pandemic doing it? Jesus, imagine if Jesus walked in and, and you had one minute to talk to Jesus, what would you tell him? Why is this happening? And why, why this? Why that? Why did I lose my job? Why, why, you know, you, we would probably be like, why, 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 why? We would be like, why, 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 why? But here's the thing that I believe Jesus, there's an answer that Jesus gives to a certain, to a certain church called Smyrna. Yeah, that's the that's a, that's a church's name, Smyrna. Not Smyrnoff. Smyrna, okay? You're like, Smyrna? No, Smyrna. I rebuke Smyrna. Anyway, Smyrna. And this church, Jesus speaks to this church. And I believe the answer that he gives this church, I believe the answer that he gives this church is the same answer. It's an answer that you and I need to take into consideration this morning. And it's not what you, and it's not what you may want to hear. But we need to consider it. Let's go to the book of Revelations, chapter 2, verse 8. Revelations, chapter 2, verse 8. It says the following. Write to the angel of the church of Smyrna. Watch this. Thus says, first of all, it says, thus says who? The first and the last, the one who was dead, and comes, came to life. Who is that person right there? First of all, who is that? Who is he talking about? 
Well, who's going to be talking? Jesus, right? Jesus is the first. He's the last. He's the only one that we know that died and came to life. So it's Jesus talking. We got it? And look what he says. Jesus is speaking and says, I know your affliction. I know your poverty. He goes, I know all of that. But, look what he says, but you're rich. What? Think about it. Imagine Jesus coming and says, hey, I know what you're going through. I know your problems. I know you're struggling with this and that. But guess what, man? You're rich. <laughs> You'd be like, Jesus, what you, what you tripping on? No, you are rich. See, because you and I, no matter what happens right here, no matter where you're, if you're a Christ follower, if your hope is in Jesus, and if you're trusting Jesus, it doesn't matter what condition you find yourself here. You're rich, man. You are rich, baby. You are rich. You have a crown in heaven. You have a body, and a new body that you're going to have pretty soon. You have everything you need. You're rich. We're not poor. We're rich. We have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. You have a crown of life waiting for you. You have promises waiting for you. The devil is a liar. You're blessed. And Jesus says, I know your, I, I know your afflictions. I know everything you're going through. But guess what? You're rich. You're rich. You're rich. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. Your cars are, you, you have a 1984 car. I'm rich. I'm rich. Come on. Get the devil mad and tell him I'm rich. Now watch this. Then he says this, I know. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. In other words, he knows your pain. He knows your afflictions. One of the things I want you to take away this morning, that whatever you are going through right now, look at me. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. He's not an insensitive savior. He knows everything you're going through. He knows your concerns. He knows your worries. He knows. He knows. Can you, can you say an amen if you believe that with me? He knows. But here's the thing that, that what if, what if the answer we want isn't what we want to hear, but it's this answer. See, because Jesus knows everything about what's going on in, in Smyrna. But then look what Jesus tells them. And this is the scary one. Verse 10. And this is, this is where we know our, where our faith is at. Watch this. So verse 10, then he, first of all, he start, Jesus starts off and says this. Read it with me, the first line, the bold letters. Don't what? Stop. Right there. That means you, mama, who's worried and sick and, wants to, and, and, and is complaining that the school isn't doing enough, guess what? If Jesus was here, Jesus talked to the superintendent. No, no, he's going to tell you, hey, don't be afraid. Look at your neighbor. Hey, don't be afraid. Stop watching the stop watching the news. Don't be afraid. But Jesus, don't you know that now there's a lambada and there's all this kind of and there's all, COVID has so many cousins and everything and relatives. Hey, don't be afraid. If you take anything this morning, take that. God is telling you, don't be afraid. Whatever you're facing tomorrow, don't be afraid. Whatever you're worried about Monday, do not be afraid. Can I hear an amen? But then, but then look what else he says. And, and, and it's not the answer maybe they wanted to hear, but look what else he says. There's some deep stuff in here because then he, he, he follows by saying this. He goes, don't be afraid of what? Oh, my God. Don't be afraid about what you're about to what? Suffer. I, you know, maybe you came to the wrong church. 
Maybe you're watching online and you, and you thought this was going to be where you, a pastor comes on and declares it's going to be rainbows and unicorns tomorrow and popcorn and candy for everybody. No. Not here. Not here. Not here. And some of you that are expecting God to do these, these nice big things, eh, not here. What if God is telling you, don't be afraid because you're about to suffer more? In other words, what, don't be afraid because what if things get worse? Have you asked yourself that question? What if things get worse? What if they find out this doesn't work, that doesn't work? What, are, are you going to continue to serve God? Are you going to stay faithful and continue to come to church? What's going to happen? And Jesus is telling this church of Smyrna, he says, don't be afraid what you're about to suffer. And here's the reason why. The devil is about to throw some of you into prison to what? To test you. You will experience affliction for 10 days. In this scripture, we see there's a, it gives us a glimpse of who's the cause of afflictions in your life right now. It's not God. It's not, I don't see the way you punish me. I got what you, no, it's not God. Let's call it who he is, the devil. The devil. That's his job, is to afflict the church, to afflict you. He's there, he afflicts you, he afflicts you. But here's the thing, that even though through all the afflictions, God expects you and me to remain what? faithful. He expects us to remain consistent. He expects you and I to keep on singing hallelujah. He expects you and I to keep on praising him. He expects you and I to keep on giving. He expects you and I to keep on serving. That's what God expects. And he's telling this church, don't be afraid. You're going to suffer. The devil is going to test you, but hold on. But here's the thing. He goes, but be faithful to the point of what? To death. Come on. That's what God is saying. No matter what happens, even though you're in the deathbed, I expect you to stay faithful. Is your faith, do you have that faith to stay faithful even in your last breath? Do you have that faith? Do you have that faith if, God forbid, something happened to you and you find yourself in the hospital or you find yourself in hospice? Do you have that faith to say, God is good? Even though the doctor tells you you only have five months to live, do you have what it takes to say God is good? See, because I cannot promise you things are going to get better. But what I can promise you is that if you endure till the end, you're going to be saved. What I can promise you is that if you endure till the end, you're going to receive a crown of life. What I can promise you is that if you endure till the end, you're going to receive a promise. What I can promise you is that if you endure till the end, you're going to receive an inheritance. Come on. It's the end, people. This is why we come to church. This is why I encourage you to read your Bible and pray. Why? Because you have to be ready for when that ending comes that we're, we don't know when. You need to have that faith in you. And, and no matter what, I'm going to continue to believe. Do you have what it takes to stay faithful? Gotta come up, Bob. It's so sad that there's people that for any little thing... For any little thing, they turn their back on God. I didn't get a promotion, there's no God. I didn't get accepted to this college, there's no God. For any little thing, they turn their back on God or they say God doesn't exist. Uh uh-uh. uh. Whoever, the one who loses in, th- in those kind of conversations, it is you. It is you. Because God remains the same. He's faithful. And look what he says. He goes, be faithful to the point of what? Death. And here's the thing. 
If, 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 if you remain faithful to your last breath, if you remain faithful to your last breath, Jesus says, I'm going to give you a crown of life. See, this, isn't, this is not a waste of time. I know there's people out there that think it's a waste of time. Why do you go to church, man? Look at, their, look at the world. Tell them, you know what? You don't understand. And they don't understand. We can't get mad at them because they don't understand what you understand. See, everything you do for God, everything you do for God is going to be rewarded. Everything you give to God is going to be rewarded. That, that, that's why I know sometimes as a Christian, the, I, I know right now one of the things that the world is getting, the world is getting more cruel. Amen? People seem to be getting, I don't know, is, is there a word called meaner? Can we say meaner? <laughs> or more mean? I don't know. People are getting more violent. And yet through all of this, Jesus says, continue to love like me. Continue to love like me. Jesus. So how do, how do we keep, continue to love like Jesus? We believe this. We believe that, like Paul says, no, he goes, the suffering in our present state cannot compare to what God has for us in heaven. Remember that? Book of Romans, Paul says, whatever our suffering is here today can never compare to what we have, what God has in store for those that love him. Nothing can compare to whatever God has up there. That means that whatever God has for you up there, that no matter how ugly you're, it may get here, if you endure till the end, guess what? You're, you're not even going to remember what happened here because you're going to be just in awe of what God has in store for you and me. Young people, this is, this is why you may not be to that level of faith. Maybe you're looking at me like, Pastor, I don't have that kind of faith. I'm still, I'm still exploring Jesus. So we'll keep on exploring, but please don't take too long. Don't take too long because that's, that's how we're going to move forward in this life. Imagine, again, I mean, imagine, let me paraphrase this verse a little bit with, with, to our times. Imagine if, if Jesus would have said this, don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. Just, just that line, think about that line. Don't be afraid about what you're, you're about to suffer. He goes, look, the devil is about to, to make this COVID get worse. The devil's about to cause more division in the country. The devil's about to do all kinds of stuff. And you're going to suffer. You will experience affliction. That means it's going to hurt. But look what he says. But be faithful to the point of what? Death. Okay. There's a sermon I want to preach someday. This, this phrase, and I've always, and I haven't done it yet, but maybe not in the future. We need to learn to suffer well. We don't know how to suffer. And as much as, I mean, I know there's preachers out there that will tell you the opposite. Oh, you're blessed, favored, and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. You can go to them if you want to. But according to the word, to the word of God, everyone suffered. Apostles suffered. They were, and they weren't favored. They, they suffered. They were beaten up. So if, if that's going to happen in the future, then we need to be ready. So this morning, I leave you with this. I get some singers up here. This morning, I leave you with this. If you stay faithful, you, you will be saved, number one, right? If you stay faithful, what else? You receive promises, right? If you stay faithful, you'll receive what? An inheritance. An inheritance from God. Come on. If you stay faithful, you'll receive a crown of life. 
according to uh, according to what according to revelations you will receive a crown of life come on so next time you want to next time you want to abandon your faith hold on to it this is not the time for you to say God doesn't exist. This is the time to hold on to God. This is the this is a season where you get rooted in and you look for God. You pray, saying, Holy Spirit, give me the power to live this faith out every day. Amen. Just want to stand this morning. And I'm gonna